I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name's Bill, and I'm sitting across the table with my fellow guard dog and longtime friend, Grace Guard Dog Steve. Hello, everybody. We've got what I think is going to be an interesting podcast today. We've got a question, and the question comes from Kaylin. Kaylin wants answers. Kaylin wants the truth. She can't handle the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> we blew it. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, was our, our attempt at humor. That was our, our attempt at, what was the name of that movie? A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men. You can't handle the truth. But A Kaylin, Few Good Men are not in this room right now. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kaylin can handle the truth, and we hope that Everybody out there can handle the truth because it it can be a sensitive subject. It can be a bubble burster. And there are a lot of people who are very dogmatic about what they think. And we're just, all we're going to do is just read the scriptures. We're going to provide no answer or anything. We're just going to read the scriptures and let the scriptures give us the answer. So we're not coming down on any side of the coin. I know I myself am a person who has never, ever, ever been able to speak in tongues. And I have tried and tried and tried for for 20 years, I tried, and I went to every Pentecostal church I could. I wanted it so bad, I, I just couldn't get it. And I felt so condemned because I couldn't get it. But I've come to find out that the scriptures actually don't condemn me. They don't condemn me. I hear a lot of condemnation about people who don't speak in tongues, have yet to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and and on and on it goes. But the the Bible actually isn't that harsh. And and I want to say to all my friends out there who honestly believe that unless you speak in tongues you're less of a Christian than everybody else. I honestly want you to realize that we're sensitive to your thoughts. We don't think you're bullies. We don't think anything like that. We're sensitive to how you feel because in earnest, you want everybody to have the gift of tongues and we get it. 
I get it. Although I haven't received the gift of tongues for some reason. I'll tell you this, the people who haven't received the gift of tongues can really be wounded by people who say you're less of a Christian because you don't have the gift. I, I just want you guys to know that so maybe you can give the rest of the Christian community a, a little more grace and not quite be so harsh. We'll just see what this Bible actually says about the gift of tongues. But let me just tell everybody, I am no authority on it. All I can do is read the scriptures to you about the subject. I don't have the gift. I, I, I do believe I have a, a, a gift of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I believe it's tangible in my life. It brings me all over the scriptures that I, I never remembered. I never memorized. I never did anything, but yet they're there. I believe it's a gift, and I believe at Guardians of Grace, that gift flows to people, and people can actually get the gift of the spirit of wisdom and revelation and have the eyes of their hearts enlightened in their ears that hear and have a mind that understands. I believe that flows pretty freely here at Guardians of Grace. I, I believe you can look at the Bible and say, wow, I never saw that before. And your eyes are opened to new revelation. I believe that's happened a lot in the last two years just because of the testimonies that have come in. And I think that's Kaylin's question. I think she's in the same boat as you because she asked, do, do you have to have that prayer language to be, I'm paraphrasing, but be heard by God? Is it necessary or why can't you just pray in your language? And what you just said, Steve, about the wisdom and revelation is really, we can go back all the way to Genesis and find that speaking in one tongue was a unifying experience. So the idea of tongues should be, the purpose almost should be of unity. We need to look at the big picture. We need to look at the Bible as a whole about this thing called tongues. Yeah, and it starts all the way back in, I would say, Genesis 11. I'll go there if you want me to because I think it's important. We could go to Genesis 10, which actually occurs after Genesis 11. Chronologically speaking. Chronologically speaking. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's... They put chapter 10 before chapter 11, and it really should be after chapter 11. Chapter 10 is the result of chapter 11, but they put it before because they put chapter 11, which is man's desire to be unified in a one mind and one thought and accomplish something huge. Yeah, let's go back there and look at it. And I'll let and, you explain it. And then we see chapter 12, which is God saying, I'm going to accomplish something big. Exactly. Yeah. Let's look at it. Okay. Let's okay. do that. Okay. Let's see. Chapter 11... Which, which happens after chapter 
do, do you want me to start off in, in verse 1? Yeah, let's, let's do that. Okay. This is Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. And you're reading from a, a New in, American Standard. New American Standard. There are some versions that read a little better, a little clearer. There are some versions that they pick out better words, more accurate words to the, the Greek Septuagint and the Hebrew Torah, but but I'm reading out of NAS. It's it's pretty literal, and I think it uses the word tongue. Okay, okay. Now the whole world used the same language and the same words, and it came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain field of land in Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used the bricks for stone and they used tar for mortar and they were building a city. And it says they came and said, let us build for ourselves a city, a tower whose top will reach into heaven. And let us, get a load of this, make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. And then the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have the same language or one tongue. And this is what they began to do. Now, nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them because they all speak with one lip or one language. Or one tongue. Yes. God said the whole world was united with just one language back then. Beautiful thing. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And therefore they had one purpose. And they could be of one mind. They could all agree they can all be of the same mindset because they had the same language and could understand each other. And God said they can do anything as long as they can communicate with each other in one single language. A couple things to point out. It says they use bricks instead of stone. So bricks are what? Man-made. Stones are God made, God formed, and they use tar instead of mortar, and tar is death, it's dead animals. So it was a totally man-made material. Material. It was a total man-driven, man-centered, man-made, yet God says because they have one tongue, they can accomplish anything. Yes. And he confuse the languages. Let me read it. Should I read it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So it says, Come, 
let us go down there and confuse their lips or their language or their tongue that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad there over the face of the whole earth and they stopped building the city. They scattered because they could not understand each other. They, they just couldn't hang out together anymore, not being able to understand each other. So they split up, so went they, around the world. So now what was possible is impossible. Is now impossible. Because there's no unity. And yeah. Everyone's got their what they do in their own mind now. And there's no unity in thought. And they can't communicate it to the next person. They just can't. This guy makes brick and this guy makes mortar. And they can't even get together and say, brick and mortar. make the bricks and you, yeah, it's not possible. It's chaos. So that's chapter 11. Yes. So let's go to chapter 10. Chapter 10 is a result of chapter 11. Where do you want me to read? Starting at the beginning. Let me start in verse 5, because it, it really is the bottom line about the subject. From these, the coastlands of the nations were separated into their own land, everyone according to his language, according to their families, into their own nations. Each family developed a a language and that language kept building and developed a nation and each nation now had its own language and there was hundreds of languages across the world. Therefore, there was hundreds of different kingdoms across the world. And that language could also be interpreted tongues. Tongue. They all had their own tongues. They so all. as a result of God intervening in chapter 11, chapter 10 is actually after 11, but for some reason they put it before. Before. Right. It's the result of God confusing the languages. So, so to put it in chronicle order, it says... God said, I'll divide them up by giving them different languages. And then in chapter 10, it says, and each person went around the world and took his own piece of land and developed it. Each family, according to their own language, which built into a community, which built into a nation, according to its own language. Now, this is just count counterintuitive if you're God, the way I think of things, not the way God thinks of things. The way I think of things, I would say, well, boy, we already have some unity here. Let's work with man's unity after, let's work with fallen man's unity and we'll build a temple and we'll make a name for God and we'll let these guys use their their unity and they're all speaking in one language and all having one purpose and plan but God God makes it so mankind is not going to have anything to do with what he wants to do so no credit no, no credit. credit at all 
didn't need their help in any way, didn't need their unity in any way. So he scatters all these people. And he's in control of all this chaos. In control of it. It has a cohortative purpose. Which we're uh, going to find word. out Co- in chapter 12. Yes, yes, and we should say what cohortative means. Cohortative is a type of verb. There's hortative and cohortative. And most verbs that we're going to read about, the ones we're going to read about what Guard Dog Steve just mentioned in chapter 12, are cohortative verbs. And what that means is God has a purpose and God is going to make sure this happens no matter what. Whether Abraham, I'm giving it away a little bit, whether Abraham cooperates or doesn't cooperate is actually irrelevant. Whether a person, and we're going to see, whether a person speaks in tongues or doesn't speak in tongues is kind of irrelevant. Irrelevant. Because God is unified and his purpose is solid and his purpose is going to happen. Remember how they said, we will build a tower, we will make a name for ourselves? Right, that's hortative. That's hortative. But God's purpose is cohortative, and he works it out no matter what happens, his plan is going to be fulfilled. His cohortative purpose is going to be fulfilled. It is so cool because... There's things that happen because God knows this guy Abraham what he's going to do. He's going to tell. Well, let's just let's just read it. And yes. We'll unpack okay. it as we go. Okay. Tell me what you want to read. Let's read about the obedience of Abraham. There, Genesis there, twelve. There, there isn't any obedience of Abraham. <laughs> there, Bill. No, I saw the title. <laughs> the obedience of Abraham. Yeah, that's the Net Bible that says that, isn't it? I'm not sure if they did it to be funny or... Yeah. Okay, so where... I'm in verse 12, chapter 12. Let's start at 1. Okay. The Lord said... This is the Lord's cohortative purpose. He's going to give it right now. In a world that's very disunified right now. And in many different languages. The Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house go to the land which I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great remember in the Tower of Babel they said our name will be great we'll establish our name yes well God says, I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse the ones that you curse. And you and your families of all the earth shall be blessed. Mr. Abraham gets a call. He's to go by himself. I think Sarah's supposed to go. Because yeah. they're going to have a child. Does it say anything about his his kinfolk? 
they weren't supposed to go, but he brought them. He was disobedient right from the the next verse after the blessing. How about his household servants? Yeah, no, they they went to all of it. God said, you should leave Abraham, and he brought. Could you read just verse 11 and 12 for And it came about when Abraham came near to Egypt that he said to Sarah, his wife, See, now I know that you are a beautiful woman, and it will come about when the Egyptians see you that they will say, This is his wife, and they will kill me. But they will let you live. So please say that you are my sister, that it may go well with me. Okay. Can you read the person, the part in verse 1 and 2 where it says, Go to Egypt, tell a few lies? No, I can't. I can't because it's not there. He, He didn't say give your wife to some other king and pimp her out was he supposed to go to Egypt yeah so the plan's over not according to God's cohortative purpose and this is the cool thing about God's cohortative person because the father son and spirit are unified and they they speak one language and they have one accord and nothing is impossible with God with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what a cohortative purpose is. Yes. They, they will, this will happen, and it's the reason God confused the languages, in, in my opinion. It's the reason he confused the language so that no man could ever boast and say he p- played a part in God's purposes and plan. Exactly. I will never boast in anything except the Lord, Paul said. So we see here the, the, the gift of one language meant a unity. And we see also that God also has a purpose and plan, and there's a unified language, so you could you could say. And so let's go. Yeah, I see where you're going. Yeah, you, 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 that God still has one unified language that all men can understand. So we should go to the book of Acts. Yeah. And see it. I, I see where you're, what, what you're doing. Okay, so that we will do. Where do you want me to read in Acts, Bill? Let's go to Acts chapter 2 because it's the day of Pentecost. This okay. Is yeah, yeah. God yeah. is going to make His blessing. You, you're right. We should start in cha- in verse one. Okay, Acts chapter two, verse one. And in the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of the people in the room. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and did what? began to speak in other tongues 
as the Spirit was giving them utterances. Okay, so here's where all of a sudden there's this new phenomenon happening and these people are speaking in different tongues, but let me keep reading. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were bewildered because they were each one of them hearing the apostles speak in his own language. Again, the Holy Spirit comes, and guess what? There is one language. They can all speak in unity. It has begun. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying, Why are not these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that each hears them in our own language, the language we were born with, the Parthenians, the Medes, the Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judah, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, and on and on it goes with different people from different languages, all hearing one single language and understanding it. This is when the miracle started on the day of Pentecost. Up until that day, there was never any such thing as people being able to understand each other unless they spoke the same language. So there was no possibility for God's cohortative purpose if they were all disunified and unable to be on the same purpose and plan and page. Or you could say there never was a possibility, but now on the day of Pentecost, the possibility began to exist. Because God made it this way. Yeah. All so, God's doing. So there is a literal spiritual language from God. A universal language somewhere that all people can understand, and I believe it is actually speaks about this a little later in, in the epistles. It, it's just obvious when you meet people from different parts of the world, the language barrier, but when you get into what they've been spiritually taught, they're the same things you've been spiritually taught, and the same things other people in another part of the world have been spiritually taught. So there is this central message. Language, yeah. Whether it's manifested or not, we learn, doesn't it say in 1 Corinthians that God gave us the spirit so we could know the, the spirit of man knows the thoughts of man. And yeah. that can be confusing. Yeah. But it says the spirits of God, the spirit of God knows the thoughts of God. And that's the spirit we've been given. So the spirit we've been given knows the thoughts of God expressing spiritual thoughts in spiritual, spiritual words, words or tongues. Right, or, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So chapter this, 2, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So the Spirit is very in tune with God's cohortative 
purpose. The Spirit speaks all the languages. It spreads the gospel in each and every language. It speaks all the language, understands all the language, and communicates the single language of the Spirit. The universal language. The universal language. When they're all together. At least it did that day on the day of Pentecost. It did that day, so it mattered not how many different languages were there. No. It was there was one universal languages. So that brings us kind of back to this girl's question about does she need to be speaking a different tongue or with different phrases, she said. She said different phrases. Does she need to be praying that way or speaking that way? Does everybody, I believe the question is, does everybody need to be speaking that way? And your prayers go unanswered. Right. I've heard that said. I've heard that said. It's it's a scary thought. It it scared me. It scared me because I, again, I don't speak in tongues. I never got the ability as hard as I try. I don't either. But I I have seen, even just recently, a a guy at my church, he's a bishop over all these. He was praying over us and sort of prophesying. He just said things about me in prayer that he didn't know that were just right on. So he was in tune with that spiritual understanding. It's it's real. It's real. And he spoke in a, a tongue. And like it says, don't put down the idea of tongues. Right. Don't discount the idea of tongues or prophecy. It tells us in the Bible not to do that. So we we can. We we can. Speaking for myself, I don't, even though I don't personally speak like in you, tongues. Speak yeah. in tongues, but I but I've seen it exist and But those of us who don't speak in tongues are told not to ridicule those who speak in tongues because there's many denominations that don't and they forbid speaking in tongues. Just literally millions of people that are on that side of the fence. There's the people that speak in tongues. There's the people that speak in tongues and say everybody has to speak in tongues. There's the people that don't speak in tongues, and there's the people that say nobody should speak in tongues. It goes, the whole gamut goes, but I think we can answer the question. And the people that say it it did exist once, once. but it's not needed now because the Bible's complete. Yes, yes. They give all sorts of fine-sounding arguments for why, but we can read the Bible for itself and it'll kind of give us the parameters that that we need. Okay, so I'm going to start letting the Bible answer our questions. I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I am simply going to read what the words of the Bible say. I'm I'm not going to add anything to it. You can't argue with me. You can only argue with the Bible itself. I'm just going to read the words off the page. 1 Corinthians 12, 
starting in verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Except by the Holy Spirit. You can't say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of ministry, and the same Lord, and there are varieties of effects, but the same God, who works all things in all people, and to each one. Does that say to all, to everyone? Or did I read that right? To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to all, no, no, I'm sorry, I got that wrong again. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To everybody else, no, I got that wrong again. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by this one Spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles. And to yet another, prophecy. And to another, some more people, the distinguishing of spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. So they all speak in tongues. It doesn't say that. It just kept saying to one person gets this, another person gets that, uh, yet another person gets this, and another person gets that. But the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one as the Spirit wills. The Spirit wills. You don't will yourself to get these gifts. The gifts are given by the Spirit to each one individually as the Spirit wants to give to each one individually. If it, the Spirit doesn't want to give one of these gifts to a person because there's no need for it, that person doesn't receive a gift, no matter how much they want, like me. But it distributes to each one as what? The Spirit wills. I'm just reading the scriptures you guys I did not say a word I'm just reading the scriptures your argument is with this book your book your holy book 
But let me go on. I'm watching Steve carefully read line by line with his finger over each word. <laughs> I can attest he is not going outside the Bible. Yes. Okay. Four. Even as the body is one and yet has many members and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. Wow. Isn't that the same thing we read in Genesis 12, where they they all had different tasks? One person made bricks, one person made slime, one person stacked the bricks. It was individuals acting as one, but it was man, man-made, man-driven, man-centered. Human-driven. To get a name for a human a human name for itself. But that's saying the same thing. That even though the body is a unit, but the parts are many, it's still Equips one the, body. They're yeah. acting as one, one person with one purpose and one cause. And that's the spirit doing that. Yes. Different purposes no. Different parts but one purpose. purpose. The purpose is the same, and it's still today. The purpose for the Christian, whether he knows it or not, is controlled by the Spirit, and it is single-minded on what God wants done. This is according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 4. He accomplished it through each and every one of us. I'm confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on till the day of completion. Jesus entered your body. That was Philippians 1.6. Jesus entered your body and he carries out God's eternal purpose just like God wants. And he is in everybody, yet he makes up one corporate person getting the gospel spread. Just to quote Guard Dog Steve's favorite verse, after beginning in the spirit, are we now trying to attain our goal through human effort? You forgot the major part of it. (laughs) Are you so foolish? After beginning in the spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal through bricks and slime? Through human effort, right. Bricks and slime. Man-made. Yes. Doesn't it say, the? we did this last week, that it's the same two words in Philippians. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ. The day of Christ is the goal. And the work is not you doing it. It's him, the work he began in you, his work in you, his cohortative purpose in you, and through like here in Acts, it's just the first fruits, but that's not the only fruit. There's a purpose in the first fruits that's so there's more fruit and God's cohortative purpose is being accomplished through the unity of the Spirit. And Paul is confident that the work he began, unlike the Tower of Babel, 
he will actually complete accomplish to yeah. the praise and glory of his majesty and no glory for any man not to be shared with any human now it goes on to speak about tongues so we can read more of what the Bible itself says which is not to be confused with anything Steve said because Steve is not going to say anything except what he reads off the Bible and I'm starting at the end of chapter 13 when I was a child I reasoned like a child when I became a man I did away with childish things for now we see in a minute mirror dimly but then face to face someday now in part but then I shall know fully just as I have been fully known by God but now abide faith hope love these three but the greatest of these is love Pursue love, yet earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for their edification and exhortation and consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church, the whole church. Now, I wish that you all spoke in tongues but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he is interpreted so that the church may also get in on it, may be edified, may understand what's going on. But now, brethren, I come to you speaking in tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by way of revelation or of knowledge or of prophecy or of teaching? Then you are benefited by it. Even lifeless things like flutes and harps produce a sound if they do not prove produce a distinction in the notes how will it be known what is played on the flute or on the harp for if the bugle produces an indistinct sound who will prepare himself for war so also you unless you utter by the tongue speech that is clear how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air.
there are perhaps great many kinds of languages in this world and no kind is without meaning. If then I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be to the one who speaks it a barbarian, and the one who speaks will be to me a barbarian. So also, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the edification of the church. Therefore, let one who speaks in tongue pray that he interprets. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is fruitless. What is the outcome then? My spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What shall I say then? I shall pray in the Spirit, and I shall pray with my mind also. I shall sing in the Spirit, and sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you bless in the Spirit only, how will one who fills the place and is unsaved say amen to what you are saying? at your giving thanks since he does not know what you are saying. For you are giving thanks well enough, but the other man is not edified. He's clueless. He's confused. <laughs> I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. However, in the church... I desire to speak five words with my mind that I may instruct others also rather than 10,000 words with my tongue. Brethren, do not be children in your thinking, yet in your in evil be babes, but in thinking mature. In the law it is written by the men of strange tongues and by the lips of strangers I will speak to these people and even so they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So then tongues are for a sign not to those who do not believe but prophecy is a sign for those who do not believe. If there the whole church assembles together and all speak in tongues, the unbelieving men will say, you're mad, you're nuts. But if all prophesy and the unbeliever and the ungifted man enters, he is convicted by all, he is called to account by all, the secrets of his heart are disclosed, and he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. What is the outcome then, brothers? When you assemble, each one of you has a song, 
has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. That means that comprehension, that the people comprehend and learn. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two or at the most three and each in turn and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and God alone. And let two or three prophets speak and let the others pass judgment. But if a revelation is made to another who is seated, let him first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and all may be exhorted. And the spirit of the prophet are subject to the prophet. For God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace, as in all the churches of all the saints. Now that is what the Bible said on the subject. And we can go back over it just a little bit where it said the spirit gives these gifts as the Spirit wills, and not everybody gets certain gifts. We are all part of the body of Christ, and we are all different members of it, and each one of us, God gives certain gifts to. And if you've got a gift of something, you shouldn't ridicule people who don't have the same gift. Or if you don't have a gift of something, you shouldn't ridicule people who do have such a gift. If you speak in tongues, I really wouldn't put down the people who don't. If you don't speak in tongues, I wouldn't dismiss the people who do speak in tongues. Not all of us get tongues. If you get it, it's a privilege. Anything that you're seeing going on in church, just do what Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ umpire in your heart. Feel your feelings, see if you have peace with what's going on and let that peace umpire in your heart. If you've got peace, hold on to what you're learning. If you don't have peace, maybe let let it go or research it to see if it be so. But I, I hope we're answering that question. Any other comments? Or should I just close in prayer? I think that sums it up. Okay. Father God, thank you. And I do, as I always have for 30 years, I pray for your gift of tongues. I, I've wanted it always, Father, and you know that. You haven't given it to me, and you have a good reason, I know. But I pray that throughout the church, there, there's peace and unity in the church, and not arguing about 
whether you are saved if you don't speak in tongues or not, or are you a Christian or not if you don't speak in tongues. Father, I don't think that you could have been any more clear than when you said, God has appointed in the church first apostles and second prophets and third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrative people, various kinds of tongues. Not all are apostles, are they? Not all are prophets, are they? Not all are teachers, are they? Not all are workers of miracles, are they? Not all have the gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? Couldn't have been any more clear. No, you give gifts out. And to tell the truth, one gift is not better than the other. They are all meant to edify the church as a whole. They are meant to build us up as Christians. The gift of encouragement is a beautiful gift to have. The gift of helps is a beautiful gift to have. The gift of kindness, all the fruits of the Spirit, those are all given by your Holy Spirit, Father, and you give them to each one of us as you see fit, and you're going to do everything that you have planned for Jesus to do through us, and we are all going to be well-pleasing in your sight, whether we speak in tongues or not, or have this gift or that gift. We all have what you have given us, and you're going to use what you have given us for the good of all of us. If it's not being used for the good of everybody around you, it, like it said, you're a clanging gong. Father, you didn't write those words without a reason. They meant something. You didn't say the greatest gift is the gift of love. Without that, none of the gifts are any good. You said that clearly and loudly as a person can say it, Father. You, you've told us about these gifts. We can look in your Bible and understand your thoughts about these gifts. So allow us to do that. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can know how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God and to know this love that surpasses human intellect, Father. Open the eyes of our heart. Allow us to see what's written on the page. Allow us to hear your words, when your scriptures are read, allow us to hear those things. They're what count. I could talk all day long and it counts for nothing, but your words 
do not come back void, Father. Cause us to say solo scriptoris, only the scriptures, Father. Allow us to give the weight to the scriptures that the scriptures deserve. Cause each and every one of us to realize how precious these scriptures are and they can be just as clear as clear can be. And in this case, they are clear. And I'm a person who does not know much about the idea of speaking in tongues because you've never had me speak in tongues. But I can point to these scriptures and, and they clearly tell us your thoughts, Father. So allow us to look in your word this week at these scriptures and know what you think about these spiritual gifts. In your son's name, I ask you to do these things. Now I say good night to you. We love each and every one of you and we want you to understand the scriptures. We want so much for you to learn and believe and become wise because of the scriptures that get pointed to. Because that's all we do at Guardians of Grace is point to scriptures. And God causes the revelation about the scriptures. You do, Lord. You are the one who causes the revelation. Cause us all at Guardians of Grace to get a bunch of revelation out of these scriptures and know what your holy, supernatural, living book is telling us, Father. Please bless the guardians of grace and cause the guardians of grace to bloom. Let us go viral like we did last month when we got 1,300 downloads in three hours. Cause that to happen some more. Cause each and every one of us to contact somebody and tell them about the Guardians of Grace podcast and the Guardians of Grace Facebook community, which is just blossoming Iron sharpens iron so much there. We build each other up and everybody is learning from everybody else. And you can just learn the Bible exponentially there. Father, cause us to land in your Guardians of Grace Facebook page. Allow us to go to guardinggrace.com and look at the Guardians of Grace web page. And then hit the follow button that brings us to the Guardians of Grace Facebook page. Lord, please cause by your spirit each one of us to do that. Work in each one of us to will to go to guardinggrace.com and to go to guardinggrace.com. In your son's name, I pray these things. We love you guys. Have a great evening, you guys. Be blessed all week. In Jesus' name, amen.